Hello and welcome to the Southcast on Saturday the 30th of June 2018. I'm your host Dan Train, joining me today, Zachary Burgess. You know what's the best time for a podcast? In the middle of a heatwave. And Robert Kemp. I mean, the best time for a podcast is on time. <laughs> well, what about this is not on time? What? We're all in the same room, that's about as on time as it gets for exactly. us. Exactly, heatwave be damned. I mean, well, also it's night time now, so yeah. <laughs> we're kind of avoiding the heatwave. It's the cool of the evening. Yeah. Rob's got himself a beer. I have. San Miguel. Yes, we're all like fooded and, and beveraged, which is probably going to make this a well-energetic podcast. It's a well-energetic. I've got myself instant coffee in a Nescafe mug, but it's not Nescafe, so damn them. Damn experts or some, some bullshit like that. <laughs> you thought this was Nescafe. What you're doing is you're, you're improving the Nescafe name. By right. drinking a superior instant a superior coffee, instant coffee, but advertising it as Nescafe. That's what you're doing. It probably is better. I haven't had Nescafe for a while, so can't necessarily compare. That's a good point, because I go out of my way to avoid it. And yet, you have a branded mug in your kitchen, which I'm now drinking off, which is a decent mug. It's like nice and thick, it's bright red. Where did that come from? Does that come from you? Why would I have a Nescafe mug? I've never drink coffee. It's true. But you like big mugs. That's not even a big mug, that's a tiny mug. (laughs) It's not a tiny mug. It's like a regular size mug. (laughs) It's bigger than most of my mugs. It's a decent size mug, I would say. It's not like a massive cocoa mug or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's pretty... Chunky. I'd say it's regular size. I would actually say that's any bigger than a normal size bike. I don't know. It's practically the same. This is what I would... Okay, mugs. So yeah, this this is a Banksy mug that I would consider normal size and it is notably smaller. I'd say that Banksy mug is smaller than average. Is this like official Banksy merchandise? I believe so, yes. Oh, so we actually make some money out of this. That's weird. Well, yeah, it's a that's actually that's a good question. It's like, what, is it official? Thinking about it, but I, it's got I a think signature so. on it. Yeah. Did he steal his own artwork? It's <laughs> a good question. He, he, I suppose he's probably kept the stencils, right? Of anything he's sprayed. So but you don't know, though, do you? Because no one knows. No, exactly. That's the question at the moment. At the moment, it's the past like fifteen years. Or... Well, at the moment, especially since the you know there's that thing where some guy stole the thing out of the museum, uh, an art museum. And oh. It's like, was it actually Banksy all along? Did he steal his own art out of oh, a museum yeah. just because he could? Because that's the kind of thing that he did. That he would do. Yeah. <laughs> In fairness, that is the best get out of any crime ever. It's like, oh, we we didn't think to chase the thief because we thought the thief was the artist himself. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's why they didn't chase him. <laughs> I did annoyingly see because YouTube recommendations have continue to be shit as always. <laughs> did, did see YouTube in my recommended was like the, the high vis jacket experiment. We put on high vis jackets and just walk into places and no one cares because oh, <laughs> because really? we look like builders or whatever. I bet that doesn't work at Greg's because <laughs> I think you know Greg's gets a lot of builder types. Yeah, but the. But it's not walking into the shop of Greg's, it'd be walking into the back the of back Greg's. Or just knocking on the back door and being like, works. 
Yeah, exactly. Just what would you say? Like, what would be your excuse at Greg's? Well, like, I think I think the idea is like the bigger the place, the better it would work. You right. need to be like in some place where not everyone on site knows what the fuck's going on on any given day. And then you just wear high vis and walk in. Yeah, and then you're just like, yeah, like you know, we're going to do that thing. <laughs> well, on the job. How well was it working? I didn't watch that video because I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What you mean? What unless the video itself is a honeypot? You mean like, if if you've watched this video, you've been marked. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's like that was the actual high vis experiment to get to see if people would <laughs> watch this video about it. <laughs> you know, on some kind of watch list, and will be forever marked for like possible terrorists. I mean, I'm still vaguely annoyed every time I see a video that just like at the end of the video title in brackets just says "not clickbait." <laughs> It's like, if your title is so much clickbait that you've had to put at the end, not clickbait, that means it's clickbait. It's like, you can't just say it's not and then have that overall the fact that it is. Yeah, surely that phrase on its own is it's clickbait. clickbait. Yep. Uh, absolutely is. It's funny you're seeing videos like that. I mean, the greatest minds of, like, the the kind of AI machine learning world are going to the highest paid company, Google, the biggest company, Google, and the main thing they're working on is trying to figure out what videos to show you next. Yeah, exactly. And they still give you that shit. Well, not very much, though. That's like, that's probably on the higher level, like the, just the YouTube trending or whatever. It's not like aimed oh, at me right. as much. Aimed at I, you. I suppose yeah. if it's a new, if the not clickbait phrase is a relatively new thing. It's not that new. And, well, like a I, year. <laughs> Okay, but bracket not clickbait. Yeah, but a bit of me was wondering if you've never, <laughs> I've never clicked on the clickbait. Well, yeah, or, or <laughs> have associated that as clickbait and or categorised it as a clickbaity word. Therefore, oh, Zach never watches videos that associate with a clickbaity style phrasing. However, it d- discerns that. I think I may finally have started training training YouTube not to show me any Fortnite videos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, After all this time, because I re- finally realised that you can click on on each individual. There's a drop down menu where you can say, individually say "not interested" to not that interested. specific video. I'm not interested. So yeah, I was like, I oh, know. I can just clear out all the Fortnite ones, and now it's starting. To, they're starting to appear less, and I'm like, oh, oh sweet, this is actually working. Oh, I've never noticed that. That's actually, that would actually be really That's useful. Cool. See less of this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. not you can like delete the whole channel if it's recommending a channel. Right. And I was using that as well. But you can do per video. But now you can do them individually on the, in each video, so that helps with like the trending for you or whatever. Yeah, because it takes a while for your recommended list to cycle round if you're not watching anything in it. Yeah. So you can just clear it out and have it repopulate, I guess. It's kind of helpful. And I've also, you know, a couple of times recently been like, oh, I can get rid of this dumb ad, which is completely irrelevant. Oh, really? They've put their, um, like they have in Gmail, and you can dismiss ads, and it goes, oh, we'll try not to show you ads like this. Yeah. Where's the, where's that option? Is it like a... <laughs> it's a very difficult option to find. It used to be a lot easier when there was just the big old report button on the bottom of ads, but now it's just like it's inside, like, there's a tiny, like, the little eye button on yeah. the ad, but not the top corner eye, it's a different eye. <laughs> and then, huh. then you can report the ad in there. Well, it's not like I don't want to... Like, report strikes me as... Oh, uh, like this is like flagging it as inappropriate. Well, it's got to... it's got three options, which is inappropriate, irrelevant, or repetitive. <laughs> which I think the third one is maybe like that's a bit too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Any what? advert on YouTube is pretty much repetitive by default. And what if you're seeing it every other video or something? Maybe like that? You, I don't know that... what that's even meant to be for. Or what if the ad is what? 
Is it one of the, what if it's one of those ads that's been designed for YouTube where it has that five second clip at the start and then plays the ad again? <laughs> don't think that counts. Well, it's a little bit repetitive by nature then. Most of all... those ones don't actually repeat themselves though. Most of them are just like, here's a five second setup to the advert we're about to show you just to try and make you stay. Sometimes. <laughs> no matter how much effort they put into like figuring out what's the perfect ad and the or product that you'll be interested in for this particular time and this particular video. The problem is that adverts are all made by advertising agencies, and they're all rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Vast majority of them are gaff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Do you guys ever actually click on clickbait, even though you know it's clickbait? Like, oh, I probably shouldn't click that, because that's clearly clickbait, and it's like, just this once, yeah, to see how shit this is. I mean, I don't think I've ever clicked on ones that are, like, you know, in the, the sort of bottom bar, where they're clearly sponsored, or, like, oh, yeah. from external sources, or outbrain. No. Well, I do the thing on Google where it, I won't click the top result if it's sponsored, If I even if it's the one I wanted. <laughs> I'll scroll down to the Yeah, I last. do most of the time. It doesn't actually fulfill most of my search terms. No, no, it doesn't. So it's me. just like, you know, ignore. Yeah. But then when you do, like, actually search for something specifically, the top link tends, they, like, if it is, like, dead on what you're searching for, like, that tends not to be a sponsored one for some reason. Google, like, don't bother marking yeah. that as an ad at that point because you've searched for it directly. Right, yeah. I think it does, like... I suppose it's to try and stop people just searching for my for the thing you want directly and just, like, gaining ad revenue that way or, or paying or uh, causing people to pay for it. I don't know. It would make sense, I guess, for it not to just show that immediately. YouTube. And Google's. Oh, always a fun topic. Yes. A confusing nightmare. Yep, a big mess. Well, as I was experiencing today, where it just wasn't accepting one of my higher quality videos for some reason, and was quite happy to accept a lesser quality it's one. It's so hard so. to find the actual, like, uh, the one time where I actually found, like, the YouTube guidelines for what quality settings and stuff it likes. It was, I was like, I found it once, and then I basically put those settings into my video exporting things so that every time I did it I just used those same settings mm. but then when I changed them accidentally and needed to look it up again I was like where the fuck was that because yeah. <laughs> it's really not easy to find considering you'd think that would be quite important information for uploading to a YouTube channel you'd I think it would be got... a standard setting in every export software like well, click yeah, the YouTube button yeah. well I found they've actually got well yeah, so the software I use does have some but they're quite outdate yeah, right, like, yeah. so for like old like SD formats and things like that so I've had to tinker with them to get them to a point where YouTube accepts them fairly like pretty regularly uh, this was the first time I had real problems with it where it just wasn't wasn't uh, didn't like a bit rate past a certain point well or at least that appeared to be what the problem was yeah, it's kind of hard to tell exactly don't really know I don't know, so I follow it. Service like I did once find like a quite a detailed article on. Oh, you should set your keyframe settings to be this. Like, yeah, uh, once every two seconds is recommended. Apparently, so I, although I tend to run it for our sixty frames videos once every one second because I didn't change the number when we swapped from thirty to sixty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it seems quite happy with that. Uh, yeah, sometimes come like I had some problems. I think with profile if you ever messed around of h264 profiles and that old nightmare yeah, try not to yeah like leave it a default and hope that's good or push it higher if there's a problem 
Oh, but yeah, that you've got the profiles and you've got the levels as well. And you're like, is it main profile? Is it high profile? Or is it level five point Or you got love when the the, the old the, the, when they whoever decided to name those things like main and high. It's just like that's very unhelpful. Yeah, I don't know what they mean really. No, and I've worked in video like as a job before. <laughs> you know, I still don't understand it. They don't make it easy. But anyway, aren't they, like, like, isn't there about to be, like, another sort of wave of brand new formats coming along anyway? Like, Yeah, there's some new compression codecs from Google again. Yeah. They? Well, they're kind of pushing it because of YouTube, I guess. Makes sense. But, yeah, there's a whole whole new standard supposedly coming. That they're getting sued about as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they apparently are trying to patent the technology as something that someone else has already invented and has chosen to put out in public domain. Because he said, "This is, you know, everyone's free to use this," and then Google go, "Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll use it and patent it." <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, who's not getting sued? News. news. Oh yeah, news—the one bit of news we have, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Who's not getting sued? Uh, PUBG yeah. dropped their lawsuit against Epic. Epic are not getting sued. Suddenly. What did they claim that they had copied? Battle Royale? The whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, basically. Well, well, I mean, yes, but it, but... But it was all kinds of weird stuff, wasn't it? They were claiming, like, like certain weapon styles and bits of UI, and, and which is odd. Like, Yeah. Just, like, all the... All, it's not... It wasn't the same specific stuff as when they sued the mobile riff-offs. Mm. That was much more specific, whereas, like, you can't say win a win a chicken dinner because that's our thing, <laughs> except is it and whatever. Yeah, is it? Have, no. did, did they trademark it? No, they didn't, you know. But, but still, at least that was, like, those were fairly more obvious rip-offs, whereas the Fortnite PUBG situation was a bit different. But apparently, no, they didn't care enough. <laughs> or the lawyers determined that it probably wasn't worth even trying. Yeah. Which is much more likely. I mean, it sounds like... PUBG aren't happy with Epic because of what they pulled with Fortnite. I mean, Whatever it was that they pulled. Yeah, well, going after <laughs> Battle Royale after working with one of their partners to make a Battle Royale game could be seen as a bit of a dick move. Well, I mean, a dick but, move, yes, but that's why we, what we were theorising about whether that was part of why they were seen. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be the motivation, right? has to be, regardless of what they actually were able to file suit for. And it's, it's worth mentioning, I think, isn't it? Wasn't this sort of like a Korean case only? Well, they, yeah, yeah. Different copyright laws. Yeah, I actually saw. So none of this would probably have flown in like US or UK law anyway. Or well, maybe. But I saw some analysis about why it was Korean, the Korean law, because it's to do with some specific wording in like Korean copyright. They put a much higher like um, value on owning creative works but lo- like on a more on like a more personal level than the company level like when when even like the copyright is sort of i don't know how to describe it exactly it's more like if it's in your family kind of thing yeah. they they favor the the first person maybe it's so slightly more player unknown might have yeah, because he's a person. He might have had a better chance <laughs> of saying, this was my thing that I created as a person. It's my family business <laughs> or whatever. I see. It's not all that corporate, really, because no, it not, came from me. It's not just a 
pure legal. It has some elements of the human condition in the Korean courts, supposedly. Interesting. But apparently not enough. Lawyers said that. So they dropped it. Yep. <laughs> as what? usual, as soon as there's an interesting court case, you get excited for a minute because you were like, holy shit, something might actually happen and then it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know if this was all that exciting, really. It's like, it was what, slightly what? exciting. There was <laughs> a chance we might, they were like, they might have actually had to fight about, like, who, if they stole secrets from each other or something. I mean, what would have actually happened if, uh, like, I don't know, this doesn't strike me as the, as, as interesting as the Oculus case, right? Where, where very clearly turns out there was probably some thievery going on or, you know, possible crossover yeah, between, maybe. um, was it Zenimax and Bethesda and ID and then Facebook and Oculus? Thanks to an unfortunate positioning of Mr. Carmack. Yeah. That seems way more likely. But like in this one, the only sort of weird thing I can see is like if this had gone bad for Fortnite and PUBG when when this one <laughs> when it they went. Um would this have meant like cloning games would have suddenly have, or games that have very similar genres were in trouble. Like would it would it have meant like uh, Call of Duty could could sue EA if they decided to make another Medal of Honor game? Or? I, mean, I still feel like this the the PUBG thing was has got to have been somewhere some behind the scenes information that, that is not fully obvious about them working with Epic at the time. Yeah. There's got to have been something hinging on that that, that they, you know, it's just hidden information to us, but... Yeah, as far as we know, because well, that's not what it was filed against, was it? It was filed against specific points of design. And... But maybe if it had gone to a court, the, then the arguments would have been about how they were working yeah. with them at the time, and they were like, probably looked at a monitor with this on it. <laughs> not, not that that should necessarily influence a case like that really it's like did if samsung the whole point of like the samsung and apple phone thing was that you know samsung looked at apple's design after it had come out and went, we like that we'll have it um that apple took umbrage with well, I mean, and when when you get into the, like the real specifics in, in, for video game case, I guess it's like you're actually starting to think about where, how like how much control do you have over models? Because code, I mean, if they took actual code, that's a more oh, of course. easily copyrightable thing because yeah. it's just the straight code, which is why you've got um, Bethesda going after the Westworld game that's basically a rip-off of Fallout Shelter because it's made by the same company and they probably have used the exact same code underneath because oh, yeah. they've discovered Bethesda have discovered a bug in the Worst World game that had since been patched in the Fallout one. Oh, so they're like, wow. this is clearly the, this is clearly just our code because of, we remember that bug. I mean that's that's famous. yeah that is right and because it's the same company way more believable. Yeah. But then uh, yeah that's that could that's almost certainly a thing. But if we, if it was like the PUBG had some ep- like some Epic Games staff member was looking over the shoulder of a PUBG developer at a monitor which had their stuff on it, how much can you say that they stole out of that exactly? I don't know. It's, it's made it especially tricky because of the whole engine thing. Right? Yeah, you know, because presumably they had if they wanted more detailed engine help, they would have basically been giving them the 
game code, essentially. Potentially, yeah. To work with. I mean, I highly doubt that it's that there's like code reuse from PUBG no. in Fortnite. I no. doubt that that's a thing, just because of how far along Fortnite was before PUBG was a thing. Yeah. Unless it's netcode, maybe. <laughs> but then Epic have done, been pretty good with their netcode stuff in the past. Yeah. Um, unless that's all built into, you know, I can understand why. What they they called Blue Core Blue like what's the actual company Blue behind Hole. Blue Hole? Yep. Is that really it? Blue Hole. Yep. Oh okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know why that just who, so, who made like the settlers and stuff? Blue, the Blue Bite. Blue Bite. Um, Blue Hole. <laughs> Blue, Blue Hole. Okay. Um, I mean, it's probably likely that Blue Hole influenced <clears throat> some epic engine choices that may have benefited Fortnite. And I can and it's guess maybe in like the hundred player yeah, elements. Exactly. And that that and that might that might be a core reason why Fortnite was able to pivot to Battle Royale so fast. Because it's like, oh hey, that the our netcode in the engine can now help can now cope with this. Hmm. Half the work's done, right? Yeah. So I can see why that would tick them off significantly, despite you know the whole stealing the whole genre from under their feet thing. But, yeah. But whether or not that's legal, because it's they were helping do stuff in their engine, that's kind of messy. And you know, too human has proved you don't want to go up against Epic, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, at least. Probably has more money to go up. The, the, the money comparison, comparative money levels are close together. Yeah, the two human <laughs> version. Sure, the backing behind PUBG is pretty enormous, but not enough apparently. So we're mm. never going to find out if any of this stuff actually happened. Nope. <laughs> Who knows if anyone stole anything? Apparently, no one stole anything. I'm Lawyers sure. I'm they. sure. Like someone like Player Unknown himself, like a decade from now, might. Everyone always out. says this about these kind of yeah. conversations where it's like, one day maybe there'll be a book and it's like, no, there's not everything. Oh no, there won't be a book. There might be an interview on it if someone still cares or if the company is still popular. Maybe. No, or... I don't think there will be. I don't think most of these things are ever going to even have an interview. Like, some, some things Duke come forever. I mean, that barely, Oh boy. Yeah, that really does need to happen. That barely got anything and it's still been how many years? It's been a while now, yeah. yeah. That would be fascinating though. Get the full. Some, some, I mean, some of that has come some out. Of it, yeah. yeah, bits and pieces. Is there actually any more news? Mm, I don't think so. It's very quiet. I feel like, like there were some, probably some post E three bits that we have forgotten that oh, we didn't sure. already talk about. <laughs> some corrections or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, creams not in Team Rose. That kind of stuff. There's been a Steam sale. That's all I mean, it's, it's still on. There was a thing about, um, you know, that ex-Naughty Dog Uncharted um, a story uh, lady, producer, Amy, Amy Henning, Henning, Henning. Henning uh, uh, at EA, right? She was working on a Star Wars game, mm-hmm. but it's been shelved, I think, or something, or she's leaving it or something. I well, think that, was the, I think... that was the single-player Star Wars game yeah. that EA said that yeah. no one wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah and they, then... they cancelled it effectively. That, yeah, so... And then she left. But yeah, basically. And she was saying, like, oh, yeah, they were kind of... She didn't... Pushing it to be more open world or whatever and against what they had planned, basically. Which mm. was presumably a bit more Uncharted-y. But you never know, do you? No. Um, 
Yeah, so basically EA and Star Wars continue to screw everything up. Yeah. Despite, uh, you know, whenever we talk about EA and Star Wars, I just have to think back to that that press conference a couple of years ago where they were trying oh so hard to tell us it's like, this is a match made in heaven. We're going to no. do right by Star Wars. We're putting a lot of lot of money behind it to produce very poor products. I mean, yeah. Well, saying Battlefront is a poor product might be a bit harsh, just not, other than the yeah. loot box stuff, but... Yeah. And I suppose there's always the... Um, the one being developed that they just talked about, right? Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, Fallen Jedi. Yeah. Which is more of a respawn gig than an EA gig. Respawn hopefully. is what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Because I don't think. Oh, no, EA did buy respawn eventually, didn't they? Mm. Was that on the list of. Baby, I don't remember. Because I think they were ind- technically independent but published by EA for the first two Titanfall games and then they mm. picked them up for this. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone liked the Titanfall 2 single player campaign. Yeah, Titanfall 2. Yeah, it's great. Very enjoyable. Possibly a little on the short side, maybe, but... Well, that's to be forgiven, isn't it? Yeah, that's really fine. I ended up making up for a lot of that by playing a hell of a ton of multiplayer. <laughs> yes. Still installed, I noticed the other day. I'd forgotten it was still installed on my PC. <laughs> Even with your obsession about space. Yeah. You didn't get rid of that because I'm sure it's gigantic. I keep thinking I'll go back to it because they were still updating it last time I looked. Mm. And um, they just added their equivalent of a horde mode, <laughs> which was in the first game, yeah. but they'd got come back to it and I, I didn't actually play it. <laughs> Ended up playing some more, just standard multiplayer. Still, still at that point in time, still pretty active, actually. Still people playing it. Mm. Why isn't there more Salmon Run stuff like in the Otto expansion or whatever? <laughs> That is I mean, the question. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of it, or there was a period where there was a lot of it. More, more. Active. I don't know if you call it a lot. It was like three levels that they added over a period of probably more than three months. Oh, you mean more of Salmon Run in Splatoon? Yes. Yeah, specifically. You no, know, okay, that I totally agree with. Like, <laughs> that, that, yeah, there should be there should be way more of that. Because was it four levels now? Are you three. Get, are you getting the auto? I don't remember if it's four or five. Uh, I think it's only four. It's definitely not five. Is it not? Are you sure? Because it's launched with... Two. A third was added soon after and then the smokeyards. you got the one one with the walkways, the smokeyards, and the one with the building. There's definitely... The one with the boat as well. No, that's the launch one. All right. So, <laughs> so there's four. Maybe four. I definitely don't think maybe it's four, five. Maybe four, maybe five. Yeah. We don't know. Even so, that's quite a slim number yes. of levels, and it's uh, it's not like they've been adding new salmon mechanics to it. Well, I don't know if they need... They wouldn't necessarily need new enemy mechanics as much as new wave mechanics, maybe. You could still keep the same bosses and stuff, but maybe like somehow like make the waves more directional or like laned or something. From, for specific waves, you could do something a little mechanically like that, possibly, to <laughs> mix it mode. up. S- salmon, salmon Run MOBA. I've just remembered another stupid bit of news from a while back. Did, mm-hmm. you, did you hear that Super Monday Night Combat shut down because of GDPR? Yes, I did. Because <laughs> right. we, we talked about Loadout uh, about a month ago having this problem. 
uh, yeah, it turns out. Oh, I can't remember. There were never. Were they never? They were not sumo digital. They were like sumo interactive or something. <laughs> one of those other confusing names. <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. They they had to shut down because the game wasn't no, Super Monday Night Combat specifically. That was no longer making enough money to justify putting the uh, development work into to patch it for GDPR. Yeah, so they killed it. So that's at least the second known casualty thanks to that regulation. <laughs> It's probably tons, right? That they just, just either just leave the servers up, or uh, if they're peer-to-peer games, I guess that's less of an issue, maybe. But I wonder how many old servers have just been killed as a result of it that we just don't hear about. But... Mm, well, I don't know. It depends how long, how how much advance warning has there been? Because old games shut down quite regularly, so there could have been some that were just like due to be shut down anyway. I guess it only applies to ones where you log into a central account. Yeah. If you're running anything that was like old school server based, then you're probably still fine. Probably. Like the old Battlefields, maybe? Like the old Battlefields. I'm just yeah. thinking like games like Battlefield 3, some of the big ones, right, that were might have yeah. been designed not GDPR compliant. Well, I wonder if they, if those, like, I was, because I was also thinking about like Team Fortress and stuff where it's just like. Do those kind of games just fall under the like Steam and Origin architecture, like overarching thing, because they use that system? Oh, well, a bit like how old Xbox Live used, or Microsoft used to sell Xbox Live yeah. as a sort of like, hey, you don't build it yourself. We've got all our stuff to deal with that. True skill. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I haven't said true, true skill in a long time. Because, like, you know. Team Fortress and Counter Strike and all those—they technically all use the same server browser underneath the Valve one. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that era. Yeah. Well, until they started obfuscating it. Yeah, into... I mean, it is still technically the same thing. It's just now it's hidden behind UI. fancy UI. <laughs> yeah. And maybe the matchmaking system gets rid of some of that as well. I suppose, like, yeah. So maybe that's why those kind of ones, and presumably the same thing in Origin, they would have had some me- mechanism that they used for all of those more recent games for Battlefields and Titanfalls and all of those. Maybe. Maybe not Titanfall. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, you might argue that a lot of online games, maybe they, yeah, if they're still running on a common platform at EA, for instance, yeah, maybe they just update the common platform and everything's fine. Do they have to patch the games? Surely, I, I have no idea. I don't really know what like in games is that GDPR non-compliant. To be no. honest, other than like, maybe the marketing opt-in question. I mean, are you ever, you're never really asked, are you? Do you want to opt into marketing? It's just sort of always implied. I mean, I guess which like, I guess is illegal now. What in Loadout and Super Mario Combat would have been the thing? That would have been the data. I don't remember ever being sent an email about Monday Night Combat. Or Super Monday Night Combat. Well, not Monday Night Combat. <laughs> Super Monday Night Like, what? So I did create a Super account and toyed with it for a while. But... Yeah, so you created an account, but, like, is it just the login information? Like, is it so it can send you password recovery? <laughs> like that? I mean, none, I don't think the regulations cover any of that, though. No. It's like, I mean, unless they were really worried about, okay, what if we got a billion right to delete requests? Because <laughs> we talk, I've talked about this with some of my mates before, like like how like the whole um, 
write to delete, yeah. right, could actually be a real, or write to access data, could be the new form of DDoS, <laughs> right? Or if you just get a thousand people to suddenly send in a write for information request on the same day, and it's like, oh God, uh, we've got like 30 days and we have to comply with this stuff, but it's a real pain in the ass. Oh, and they've requested it to be posted to them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, suddenly, like, you could actually DDoS a company from doing anything because they suddenly have to pull all their manpower, like if they're a small business, mm. into dealing with this bloody request. Comedy idea. Comedy. Mm. I mean, if we, maybe when you're in a small business, maybe the amount of data is so small you can actually just be like... <laughs> data, maybe, database print every file, and it just prints out like a one single stack of A4, and then you're just like, okay, let's just shove that in envelopes. <laughs> Guess it's still a... Still some effort, but not like quite a lot totally insurmountable. Yeah. Probably more of a monetary problem than a time effort problem, I guess. I don't know. I think the time effort would be significant Just regardless. Like one guy. Well, you get a temp. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, we need, oh, we read. need someone to print this database off and put it in envelopes for 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a sucky job that would be. I'm sure someone will do it happily. It's the best job ever. I love the taste of envelopes. <laughs> I don't think you'd be physically <laughs> licking them. Bah. That'd be like hazard pay. Got such a dry tongue. You're fired. <laughs> you only last as long as your tongue does. Yeah. Then you're out. <laughs> Next tenth. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me, but um, Gnome and I, are, uh, this is completely unrelated. <laughs> okay, good. Um, kind of glad. But, um, Norman and I were watching um, a. Uh, it, was, uh, it was the end of a World Cup match, and they were they were they were doing one of the the, the, the crappy interviews. To the player, <laughs> okay. But the guy asking the question said something really strange to to one. Of, I can't remember what game it was we were watching, but it was. Um, they said in the bucket. Yeah, something like that. Like he said, like now you've got. Um, now you've got this one in the bucket. What's next? <laughs> and it's just like I, I was sort of they go. Hang on a minute. <laughs> It's a robism. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's quite it got me got me thinking about like what if you changed like uh, took a took a common phrase and just changed one of the words to a simile. All of a sudden, things start sounding really wrong. You mean what you do all the time. Well, you kind of yeah. <laughs> but it was like you, like like if someone goes back in the net, like change it to back of the sack. You know, just. <laughs> back of the sack. Or instead of get in, you I say come in. Right. <laughs> it's just. I don't know if it <laughs> works for back of the net because the net is actually a specific thing. Back of the bag, like rear of the net. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, rear of the net. Rear of the net. <laughs> Far side of the net. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just thought it was something to ponder. <laughs> No, I don't think you need to bother that because that's just what naturally happens in your brain. <laughs> like, you don't need to influence that any more than it already does. It's in like an eggcorn type thing, isn't it? <laughs> I'll just put that one in the uh, slap repository. News. News. It's time for what you've been buying. Yes. What you've been buying. 
I'm not, I they can't tell. <laughs> there was I'm a dramatic pause there because Dad was looking and I was waiting to see whether he was going to point that out. I deliberately Look. was like, now because I'm in the same room, I don't have to specify who. I can just say, turn to the person and say, what are you playing? And when they start speaking, it'll be obvious to you, Lister, who it was that I asked. Yeah. What have you been playing? Who's looking at me? <laughs> he is now. I haven't gone first for some time. <laughs> and apparently Rob is not prepared I'm, uh, no. I'm, <laughs> contempl- I'm contemplating in what order to tackle this because uh, I haven't got a huge amount to talk about this time so you need to order them apparently yeah, well I went back to State of Decay yeah I for some reason was not able to just leave that game alone despite having finished a playthrough I kind of wanted to see where more of the foothills map took me and if any of that was much different mm. turns out no of course not no. like I think I was expecting this playthrough to play out a little differently for some reason. Like, because I've heard people talking about, oh, you know, you're never quite in that comfort zone and, like, things. Every everyone's game is a little bit different. And, okay, so sure enough, there are I'm getting different, some different ambient missions turn up. Like, one of my community seems obsessed with that eagle-eye sniper fellow who apparently lived in the area. <laughs> so we're hunting all his old gear. Because he'll have just left it lying around. Open world games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little odd. So I'm following that mission. And I've got a guy this time who in my community who is a bastard, basically. It just marks one of his character traits as belligerent, minus morale to everyone. And it's like, <laughs> great. Do I want him around? Oh, he's got the computer skill. Well, that means I could update my uh, radio room to a higher level than I was capable of in the last playthrough. Maybe I'll keep them around just in case I want to do that and get loads of outposts. But then, of course, I'm getting ahead of myself because I don't have the influence to actually buy the outposts I want yet. Um, so it's going to take several tens of hours, probably, more to get to the point where that's a thing. Uh, so, yeah, for some, some reason, I find myself still going back to that loop of going into houses and rummaging for stuff and... I don't really know why at this point. It's like I've so seen it's a rummaging I've, simulator. Yeah, I've seen all there is to see. I think, other than I've never seen that third map, like ever. <laughs> yes, but I, I think maybe I'm just achievement hunting again. Well, sure. But those achievements are going to be evil to get because they're, they're like complete a playthrough now, as all, with all the leader types. And it's like, well, I don't, I'm not really going to justify spending another seventy five hours on this. Probably. How late could you? set that up like because you don't pick the leader thing until some levels through right so you've got to uh yeah you've got to have ranked up your standing with certain community members to the hero point and then you get to a certain phase where i think so many days in where they your community starts talking about oh someone should be leading this mm. and then the, then the leader slot unlocks it's like, it's like- but then you've got to make sure you have a community member of the right traits to go down the right path that you want. You... And so I've had Kearney, who was my leader from the last community, <laughs> got to got to potential leader status really quickly this time. Right. And it's like, well, I don't actually want you as my leader. So everyone's been going, going, we need a leader. And it's like, no, I, I don't want to assign the person I can assign as leader because <laughs> I want to get these other guys up that have different traits. Um, so I've ended up with a builder leader this time. Rodriguez, the medic from my first playthrough, is is now the leader of my camp. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Would you be able to, like, jiff it by copying the save because you got it on the PC? Well, see, I don't know how that works because it's all... 
it all syncs, right? So I can drop, I can put on the Xbox and load the game up, and it will know everything. So it doesn't. This, you don't think it actually ever puts a save file on your computer's hard disk? You think I mean, it I guess, just always I guess it puts must. it into the cloud? Cloud save. I guess it must, but it's cloud saving all the time as well. So I don't know how it would. Like, and maybe it'll have one of those out of sync things when you actually do connect or something. I'd be like, hey, this save file looks different from the one I've got online. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to know how Microsoft deals with that because, you know, with Steam, that has the whole pop-up where it's just like, one of these is... Oh, it's a very unhelpful pop-up in Steam where it doesn't really tell you any information you just have to mm. remember which one is the one you want to copy over. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen it on the Microsoft platform because it's always just been so seamless. Mm. You know, it's never had a conflict, naturally. Uh, so I don't know. You you might be right. I might be able to jip it and go back in and be like, okay, instead of this, I'm going to load to an earlier state and then, uh, like go for the, one of the other traits. So I'll get a warlord one and get that achievement. But then you've got, but then you really want to play those through to the end. Yeah. is the problem it wouldn't really save you that much time. No, because <laughs> getting the leader isn't necessarily as long as the whole flavor. Yeah, because you've got to create a leader. You've then got to go kill all the plague hearts. Um, then the sort of legacy quests finale begins. So you've got to play for it. So you can only really do it in a full run, really. Unless you didn't... You, I suppose you could not... Not assign a leader, a leader until, like, until, right yet. until you've done all the Plague Hearts. And then if, if you could take the save from that point and copy it and do things with it, then you could jip it. Mm. But but the game goes out of its way to... At least, at, least, at least in the game to make sure that you can't do that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know honest answer but it would be a pain so I probably will will just get to the point where I just go uninstall I need to play other game pass games <laughs> you need to well yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in my last month of game pass <laughs> actually that's probably not true I think I've got a couple more but, which is also why I'm playing Devil May Cry 4 because mm. the special edition is on game pass as well mm. so I don't know there was some talk about a new Devil May Cry game at, at E3 this year. There was indeed. And, it, you know, Devil May Cry's always had a kind of rad-looking style to me. Like, it looks cool. Style over some, maybe. Somewhat maybe, yeah. So I've been... The only other, up till this point, the only Devil May Cry game I've played in the main series was the first on PS2, and not all for all that much time. I didn't really. I could see what it, where it was coming from, but I came to it a little late. I suppose it was sort of somewhat late in the PS2 life cycle that I finally picked it up, or borrowed it more to the point and played a bit of it. But uh, uh, but I don't know, something didn't click with me then. Uh, fast forward, and we're in the era of DMC and Bayonetta, more importantly, and um, that games that have really really have clicked with me. Think games that I've loved, you know, Bayonetta 2 was probably my favourite game of that year. DMC pretty much occupies the same space to me, it, like as a favourite game of whatever year that came out as well. But DMC doesn't count, you know, it's not a mainline game. Mm. The fans of the regular Devil May Cry series have real problems with DMC, um, ones that I'm not too aware of. Or, I mean, was not aware of really at the time because I didn't really understand it. So now I'm coming at this at being described. Devil May Cry 4 is described as one of the good ones. Like, basically, just ignore Devil May Cry 2 is the advice. Skip that one. 3 is probably the best. 4 is good. 
is is the uh, consensus. Yeah, the general feeling. So I'm coming in at four, and I don't really get it. If I'm honest, I don't get why the commun- why the fans prefer this style of it because it is different in noticeable ways. Um, so straight off the bat, I do still dig the style. I do still like it's over the top. It's crazy. It doesn't linger too long on lore or anything like that. I think this was the one where they introduced Nero as a character, and they just basically drop you straight in, and they're just like, "His stuff going on. He's kicking demons." He's going to church for some reason. It's implied that he's got a girlfriend called Kyrie. And he, Dante just, you know, turns up and murders his holiness. Note, that is, is all we know about that character at this point. His name is His Holiness. <laughs> just sort of murders him. Dad, you know, Nero and him have a bit of a fight. That's your tutorial. Uh, and then you carry on from there. And it's... So I kind of dug that. It's, like, it's quite a, a relatively long sequence, but it's like it actually just doesn't. It goes out of its way to just be stylish and be like, "Oh, like, here's a cool fight scene, and here's mm. a whilst whilst your girlfriend is singing opera that you're missing because you're having to fight these demons." <laughs> and it's, I, know, I was kind of into it at this point. It's just like, "All right, I can see it. It's got some of that over the top, but in it a vibe going on here. I, I I get it." And then you actually get to sort of control the thing, and it's weird. It's just odd. Mm-hmm. So it's say. <clears throat> it's got the same sort of uh, what I would call the same sort of like combo system as a bayonet, and most of your attacks are on the Y button. So I'm playing Xbox, so it's, you know, what, I guess it would be triangle on PlayStation, but yeah. So you're like you're, you're pushing Y to do sword. You've got your guns on X, and you've got your weird demon hand on B. Sorry, I guess. You know, you're losing your kicks from Bayonetta, I suppose, to have your demon hand. Right. So it's basically like your throw button, I suppose. Um, which all sounds fine at that level, but to do like more advanced moves, you have to lock on to enemies first of all, which you do by holding right bumper. And then most moves from there involve a combination of uh, moving the stick and pressing another button at the same time. And that includes the dodge. So in order to dodge an enemy attack, you have to be holding right bumper, press A, and move the stick at the same time, uh, which you're okay. not doing. Like So if you're regular attacking, you're just pressing Y. And then if you suddenly realize, okay, there's an attack coming, I've got to press three things at once to dodge, which given that both DMC and Bayonetta have taught me on how to do the one-button dodge, that it just feels immediately wrong, yeah, fair and cumbersome and horrific, and just just doesn't have a flow to it. It's, it's also one of those games where it doesn't have. I mean, DMC I think had a little bit of this, where you know Bayonetta has the dodge at any time thing. So no matter what you're doing, no matter what animation you're stuck in, pretty much you can always dodge out of it. Mm. Uh, you cannot do that here. If you're right. if you're in an animation, you're, you're stuck with it, yeah. which is a different strategy. Fine. I think some of those animations you get stuck in are, are often quite long and sometimes completely unnecessary. Uh, so, for instance, my biggest problem is if you're walking around with your guns out and you're firing for a while, there's an odd pause after stopping to fire your gun when he's just sort of standing there, still walking slowly and stylishly with his gun pointed before he returns to his normal stance. Oh, okay. And you can't really do a lot while he's in that transition. So you have to stop shooting quite early if you then want to perform another action to dodge an attack or something like that, which 
I don't know. It just, it just feels cumbersome. Um, that's not to say you can't have some cool moments, right? So the enemy designs are... I would describe, and this goes for most of the game, most of the game's combat systems, actually. I would, I would describe most of the enemies as frustrating the first time you encounter them, but they all have a trick. So there's always a trick to, like, some where you all need to use, like, your guns to take down first. Right. And then they turn into a more vulnerable state that you can then unleash normal attacks on. Others are, oh, if you dodge, try to dodge this guy, it's it's gonna it's not going to work. So actually your best tactic is to use the sort of um, what they call the devil bringer, which is a skill you get early on where your hand juts out and you grab them, which for some is like a long range bring towards you, right? which I think was in DMC. Uh, but in some enemies, you, they don't come towards you, you go to them. So you can use that as a form of like dodge as well, because you could pull that pull yourself to them and go over their heads to get behind them, and then you can attack from behind and things like that. So that's the trick with those enemies. So there's, I kind of appreciate the puzzle element of figuring that out, but the problem is, is that when you first encounter enemies, it's like the encounter isn't necessarily easy enough or obvious enough to give you time on how to do that. And this extends throughout the entire game, not just every enemy you encounter, but every boss you encounter. Mm. There's a trick that you probably need to exploit to get it. And the puzzle of figuring it out is sometimes not all that obvious. Actually, frequently not all that obvious. And I don't find necessarily find the process of learning that all that fun. Mm. When you, when you figure it out, you get that moment of like, ah, yeah, that's what I'm now. supposed to be doing. And then you can have some real badass fights, but it's not good at getting you to that point. No. And yeah, I think some of the, I think only like out of the four or five bosses I've faced so far, half of them have felt bad, like just really not fun at all until you've figured out the tricks. And so I'm having a bit of a, a sort of love-hate with it, really. It's like when it clicks, it clicks. But I think it's spending most of its time not. Mm. And so I'm finding it, yeah, it's it's... It's a little disappointing, really. I kind of like for the game, everyone sort of like is like what for the game series, doing? people are so like ravenous about, and so like this is this is my thing, this is my jam. But you were kind of were you expecting, given that you like DMC and the community were super into the traditional style, and you hadn't played the traditional style, were you were you thinking, ah, if I go to four? It's going to be even better. Or were you, did you already know, ah, oh, well, I'm probably going to have preferred the new style? I, well, I don't know. I think, I think I was hoping for me to like this one more mm. because of the, the, the fan appreciation. Mm. Um, but they are going to be fans who are like... Into the old style yeah. of game, yeah. And it's like, and then they've all had these mechanics, apparently, like, like the actual sort of... This, some of this style of control is common to all of them. So I've heard, like, you know, I, I read, I, I went back and read some of the complaints against DMC, and a lot of them were complaining about the lack of the lock-on button in DMC. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I can sort of see where they're coming from. The inability to focus on a certain enemy could be mm. an issue when it decides to attack something else. However, I'm just having the problem where getting the lock-on to lock on to the thing I want to lock on to in the first place. Mm is problematic anyway. So it doesn't solve the problem for me. If anything, it just makes it more frustrating because I can see it doing the wrong thing <laughs> or seeing the thing that I'm not intending to do. Um, it has 
special difficulty in like there's one boss fight that I just did where uh there's there's a sort of flying wasp dude and he's got like these these bird swords that are flying around and I, there's a there's a good reason to attack the birds so that you like, so they turn into a sword when you knock them out and you can throw them at the guy and it's like okay that sounds fine but actually when locking on to those instead of onto the wasp thing it seems to have a priority thing to be like oh you want to lock onto the big guy right and it's like no no i want to lock onto this little dude flying above my head and getting it to do that seemed real tricky so the mm. lock on really wasn't helping me mm. if anything it was hindering what i was trying to achieve so i don't think that works and it's uh you know people say that the music is always a bit audacious and it just like it, that's not doing it for me either it's not mm. as stand out as the noisier soundtrack from dmc that is superb you know it's not as quirky as bayonetta's soundtrack it's just sort of feels like generic japan Gen- noise right. yeah like, yeah kind of a little bit like if you've ever listened to any of like the Final Fantasy XIV soundtrack and heard some of the weird rocky stuff they do in that, it's <laughs> it's probably less good than that. <laughs> it's not as bad as like some of the Hedgehog rock, rock. Or Crush Forty. Crush Forty has a certain charm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rob's a Sonic fan. Don't, take Sorry, it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think it's aged badly. I think them still using Crush Forty in Team Sonic Racing was probably a mistake. Well, it's but probably a mistake for a racing game to have lyrical soundtrack yeah <laughs> that's probably not a good idea uh, I, I can't remember was it it might have been richard jack that did the sonic r soundtrack in fairness and <laughs> you know he redeemed himself with the sonic race and transform stuff and his work on jet set radio so you know there's room for all of us to improve uh but yeah i don't know i think i think going back to crush 40 for a modern sonic game isn't isn't a great idea but it was fine for sonic adventure of the time i guess i liked it then not so sure about it now. Anyway, uh, yeah. Devil May Cry Four. I've, there's room for it to improve still because I'm only playing one of the five different characters that are in the game. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, so the story I'm playing at the moment is called Nero slash Dante, and so I know that you take control of Dante at some point, and I've heard that his fighting style is significantly different. So I'm hoping that will be keep some of the interest going. Um, and I think this, I'm not sure if it was DLC or or what, but there's also seems to be a Virgil story and a Lady slash Trish storyline as well. So there seems to be a reasonable amount of content in this. Mm, cool. Um, I suppose the other weird thing is it like. The styling and how it's structured hasn't changed since DMC one. Like so, everything's like a weird cut-up mission, but mission two might be retracing the steps of mission one. And so, when you see things in the levels, you have to assume, like I don't know, in DM in DMC, mm. you could at least see something in the level and know, oh, okay, if I if I can see it in this level, I've, it's got to be something I can deal with at some point during this level. Not true of this. It's like because you could be returning to that environment in a later mission, or a later quote-unquote level mm. there could be things you can see that you just can't deal with so you might end up wasting time trying to get to that thing when it's just impossible for you to do so and i find that a bit irritating as well it's like it's trying to be an open world thing but then segregates itself with this odd mission structure it's, it's weird it's a halfway house that doesn't necessarily work and it's 
I don't know. It feels it feels very old school in it. Like when you go through a door, it has a load. Every every door in the game has a weird loading pause. Like the screen will do will go to blue. It'll go Wah! and then just black out for a second. So now loading for like a second, and then you'll load into the next area. So it's not like a true open world. It's like and these areas are really tiny. It's like I don't think it would take much more for them to have had like slightly bigger zones or doors that perhaps go into each other without loading. It's like it's not a very slick production. I mean, yes, we're looking at it's a 2008 game at heart, but you know, you know, I don't know. Mm. Even for a 2008, I think I would have expected more. Yeah, fair from 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 its design and its structure. Um, oh, oh, I've missed a big one. Camera work, <laughs> absolutely appalling. Oh no! Like it's probably the game's biggest problem with its combat. Actually, like despite no, the no, the controls are the worst, but the uh, the camera work is often like oh. I don't. I can't see what's going on, uh, and there's something attacking me from off screen that I couldn't see coming. How do I? What? Uh, what am I supposed to do? And so it doesn't like the lock on doesn't really rotate the camera for you, if, if, as you might expect. It, like it always likes to retain whatever direction it's currently facing. Yeah. So then you have to try and in the middle of combat try and right stick the camera around. Except it moves quite slowly, and I can't find an option to make that faster. It's like, yeah, camera work not good. Finding bosses, most bosses, if there's like a single thing you have to focus on, it tends to be pretty good. But if there's loads of stuff in a room, uh, you're in a bit of trouble. Uh, and I think DMC did a, and Bayonetta both do way better jobs with that. Mm. Um, Seems like a critical element of what, one of those games. Yeah, absolutely. It's falling short of my expectations. <laughs> but I'm still playing it. I still kind of feel the draw. So there's that, I suppose, but I don't think that's really anything to go by by my standards. I have the draw to just finish things. Does, does this have achievements though? <laughs> I've got like two in my playthrough so far. Like it seems really cheap with the t- achievos. Yeah, I, I, bet, at I bet it has some ridiculous fucking yeah. achievements in that game. Oh yeah, like S rank or yeah. something or something like, uh, or no, was it triple S rank in in Devil May Cry? <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even looked. I've got like one for killing like a certain number of demons and another for getting a smoking combo like once. <laughs> smoking. Turn to the mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody stop me from playing this game. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cry for devil may cry for help. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably all that's worth talking about on my side. To be fair, just oh, cool. just, just a bit of a bit of a rant on that one. Like, unless unless you can think of, oh, I mean, Laser League seems dead. Mm. Seems a bit a bit of a real shame. I've I've had nothing. I've I've kept on trying to play games on Xbox, but I think I get match made with AI sometimes almost entirely, so there'll be like no other human players in the game. It will just put me in an AI match and it's it's not the same. The AI is not bad, but it will occasionally make really stupid mistakes. Like just run into a laser like just head on. Like it couldn't see it was there. And it's a uh, uh I know it's a. I think that's a real shame. If Laser League has died this early, I don't think it deserves it. I think that that game is uh, way better than the Xbox the Xbox community has given it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's done better on PC because of its. I don't know. It's where the Kickstarter and the beta and all that stuff happened. Well, I don't know if it was Kickstarter, but you know that's where all the early access stuff happened. So maybe that's where 
its fan base truly lies. Mm. But I hope that thing keeps going. Mm. So it's a it's a fine game. Uh, oh, of course. I'm missing another biggie. Of course I am. Octo expansion. <laughs> yes, there's that. I've not played nearly as much of that as I would like, because mm. Devil May Cry kind of took over for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Even though you're the most enthusiastic about Splatoon ever. Damn right I am. <laughs> um, Octo's pretty good. And like, I was... I, I, I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I was my, my expectations were tempered a little bit the more we learned about it just being perhaps more... Splatoon single player stuff because obviously I'm I'm not as up on the single player as bad Zach has been having gone through it with every bloody combination of weapons in the that you possibly could you know you've 100%ed that as much as you possibly can really yeah. I have not um, not that that's difficult or anything <laughs> no it just takes time uh, but this ratchets up those challenges significantly like the difficulty of those of these things is way higher than the, what I'd say was in the normal single player stuff, but also a lot more inventive. Mm. Like they go out of their way to make ridiculous new mechanics and uh, play with the formula of what's possible with their uh, with you know what they've already built. Effectively, like some 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 of the stuff is really confusing. Like um, I don't know, there there's, there's some stages where you have to push a physics eight ball around using your, your ink to get it to the right place to do things. And it's like, those are probably some of the less good stuff. But then you get um, more cool things where it's like, oh, you play the entire level in the baller the whole time. And you're, you're basically playing a game of Marble Madness where you're the, where you're the Marvel. And it's like, mm. oh, that's actually kind of fun. Um, and tricky in different ways. Or you'll get time challenges or you'll get limited ink challenges. It's like figure, a way, figure out a way to get to the end of this stage without burning your ink supply. Because you won't get it back, and uh, they're actually really interesting. It's like I, you know, you hear that one about limited ink, and you think, "Oh, this is going to be a ball ache," and it's like, "No, no, it actually kind of succeeds on the puzzly part." It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't think it's gone all out as stylish as the trailer, mm. which is a bit of a shame because well, that trailer's that's awesome. Kind of what we suspect. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm wondering if that music in the trailer is actually end game stuff. Because basically, that there's going to be another concert as the last pass. I mean, it's there's potential for it. <laughs> there's definitely potential. It does seem suspicious because from the little tiny bit that I've seen about it, where it's just like these look suspiciously like they reuse the same bosses again, only not quite exactly. Uh, yeah, they there are so I haven't played one of those yet, but I think I've got like a remixed version of the Bread King yeah. or whatever to to do. Yeah, there's. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they changed the rules. Like one of them, I think, is you play in the baller the entire time against the samurai guy, from what I've seen. Mm. Um, but I think there's no ring edge, so you're more likely to die from ring out <laughs> or something like that. It's like you know, just mi- just mixing things up a bit, and it's like that's that's probably the, that might be described as maybe the cheapest elements. Mm. But I've not played those yet, so maybe there's more to them. But that does definitely tend to suggest that there might be a concert at the end. <laughs> yeah, another, another DJ Octavio set. Well, this whole thing is supposed to have happened in the aftermath of one of the DJ sets. It's not clear which. <laughs> okay, good. Um, I assume after the second one. Uh, and, you know, both you and Captain... Well, you as the Oct- Octarian and uh, Octoling, sorry. And uh, Captain Cuttlefish don't really know what's going on. You find yourself... In, and it is basically a test facility mm. for some sort of... 
uh, Octo research of some kind and that no one's ever completed it, supposedly. So you've got people that have been there for like hundreds of years just hanging out on the train. <laughs> it's got a cool style, but needs more funk, needs more needs more music edge. But uh, yeah, seems seems cool at this point. More to come, more to come. Thumbs cool. up, that'll do me. <laughs> Octo expansion for Splatoon 2. Fun times, more mm-hmm. to come. Uh, Zeg. What have you been playing? <clears throat> well, my Switch has turned into the game, the mobile games platform for me because I don't actually have a mobile phone that can play real games. <laughs> they're, not so, real, they're not real games, top tip. Well, that too. <laughs> Except I guess the two that are on Switch are slightly more like real games than most mobile games that I've, I've been seen in the past, I guess. I guess it's been a while. Really, the only mobile game that I ever played was Jetpack Joyride, which is just like, yeah, I guess that is the most mobile game. But that might be the pinnacle of mobile yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. It's like it peaked at that point, and from then on, they just, it's never succeeded again. Other than Bejeweled Blitz. Uh, I don't know if that really counts. I like, I like Bejeweled Blitz a lot. Peggle was okay on mobile. Uh, I guess. But you can play that anywhere. Yeah. Monument Valley. I don't know. Yeah, mobile games. But yeah, I've been playing... Pokemon Quest, Pokemon which Day. initially wasn't, like, initially you didn't know that it was a mobile game because they didn't really announce that it was going to be, even though it really obviously was a mobile game because as soon as you looked at it and saw how it operated, in fact, the, and, like, the fact that it basically wants you to use the, the touchscreen to play it, it's like, well, this is clearly a mobile game, they just haven't announced that it is yet, and then shortly afterwards they did. Yeah, apparently that's <laughs> now out on Android and iOS. <laughs> From Nintendo. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's... It's basically like a simplified version of Mystery Dungeon, essentially. You have a little team of Pokemon out of the original 150, put three together and send them out to do things, and you have, they each have like two different attacks they can have, and they have stats, and you equip them with stat boosts and level up and evolve and all the usual Pokemon things. But yeah, it's basically like Mystery Dungeon, apart from simplified. And... You can turn it on to fully auto mode if you're just grinding, which is kind of what happened because obviously it's free to play. So, you know, they have to have timers and energy and <laughs> all the usual free to play stuff. So there's a. You can only run like five missions before your energy runs out and that replenishes every half hour. So if you happen to have been playing for half an hour, you can get one extra one or you can just wait to turn it off and go away for two hours and then you'll be good. Mm. Standard mobile procedure. Yeah. Similar way to, like, uh, Pokemon Picross. Sure. Uh, yeah, the energy meter. Yeah, the energy meter. But the thing that they has become slightly more like, this is the, this is where the real mobile game kicks in, is, like, I've got to what I'd call sort of the middle of the game, judging by how many levels there are, and it's just turned into, like, a hella grind now. Like, I can't... My team isn't high enough level to do the next boss... But I'm not getting very many experience from replaying the levels that I can do. Mm. And there's no real way around that. I just have to grind through levels until I get high enough te- level team to take on the boss. And then that'll let me through that blockade. But it's got a lot slower in terms of progress. So I'm just doing a lot of grinding. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is be where you, you know, go to the store and buy things to make this quicker. <laughs> so, is, is, so is that is that what the payment model is then? So like, what would you buy, be buying to solve that problem well there's two different 
I guess there's two different things. There's one, one. There's the same as Pokemon Picross. There's the basically buy the game option, which I'm, you know, I'm all for games that just have that straight up in there. Yeah, because well, uh, that because that that that's like if you're, if you're really into a game and you really want to do that, it's like that is much better than having to deal with the free to play nonsense. Except when it's do. like inevitably too high a price as Pokemon Picross was, for example. Yeah. Was it like 30 quid <laughs> yeah. or something? It's like, ah, I'm not sure Picross is worth 30 quid to me. No. But then it's not exactly buy the game in this case because it, it gives you... You get, like, decorations for your home base that give you basically buffs to various things like drop rates of items and how much experience you get per mission and all that kind of stuff. And the buying that this one big pack gives you basically all the all of those decorations, except it's it's like it's a full set of decorations, but there's also the set of decorations you can get from the store using the tickets, which you mm-hmm. get like on a per day basis. It's about right. a count, counter. Oh, so it's like a, a separate. It's like a separate set of okay. the same buffs. So you're basically getting even more if you actually buy this pack rather than just the ones you can grind oh, out. Oh, interesting. So it's got some buy-only yeah. stuff for it. Buy-only buffs, in fact. Yeah. Huh. So it's slightly weird. Yeah, that sounds like they're basically expecting you to buy it. I wonder if you'll get to a point where you're just not powerful enough to actually progress because you haven't got those buffs. Well, I don't know because the buffs don't necessarily make you more powerful in like combat terms. They're all just like more more stuff more quickly rather than the actual power of the pokemon themselves is this what um the free to the you know if you're ever trying to make anyone buy anything from free to play just like more stuff more quickly <laughs> it's the catchphrase but yeah it seems like i mean the it didn't necessarily get grindy really quickly because there was i got to this mid game point where i basically like you suddenly can do three different levels at once. And so you're leveling up, you can level up three different teams because they require different elements or whatever. Like one's rock and one's electric. So you're basically making three teams so you can level them up independently. But in all of those cases, it's look, it looks like I'm not going to be able to do the boss of, each, of any of those three without grinding each of those teams. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going to be a lot more grinding, but like, I guess it's slightly less grindy because you can do different teams, maybe. Except not really, because you're not really doing anything particularly different at any point. It's still the same smack free Pokemon in a team, and then just if you're if you've got it set up right, just hit the auto button and then just don't touch it because you can just let it do it itself, which is kind of nice, I guess, when you're just doing grinding. Mm. You don't even have to worry about it. You can just occasionally tell them to start a new mission and then just walk away for five minutes and then start the next one. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you got to the point where, oh, so you, your Pokemon are good enough that they can just walk over anything that they'll come across. But obviously that's not getting you much experience, of course, because no. I'm having to do this level that I'd rather I'd rather be doing a hard one, but I'm not high enough level to do the hard one. Oh, so there's too much of a jump. Yeah. No. Like, it seems intentional, but... And also... Up to this point, all the other levels, when you complete the boss, you get an item, you get a decoration that gives you more experience up to a certain level. So, like, I've got... You get start the first zone, you get the any Pokemon up to level 10 levels faster, and then the second zone, any Pokemon up to level 20 levels faster. And the last statue I got was, like, any Pokemon up to level 40 level up faster... But it, by the judging by my power levels, this next boss that I'm trying to do 
is more like a level 50. So I've got mm. like this 10 level gap where I'm no longer getting the XP buff. Right, and yeah. I'm just having to grind through it. Eek. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like a paywall. Yeah. If ever there was one. So that's kind of annoying, but like, you know. It's, it's a little less, um, it's a little more blatant, I suppose, than the than the pit crow. Well, I, I, maybe blatant's the wrong word, but it's a, uh, it feels a little sneakier than, well, it's a little than the Picross one. Yeah. <laughs> the Picross one, you could, you know, it, would, it tailed off, didn't it? Like things got harder and harder to progress based yeah. on. Yeah. Whereas this one, it was like pretty much all the missions up to this point have just been well easy and you didn't really have to grind at all. And then suddenly there's this abrupt change to it's like, now it's just, now you're just getting one team and grinding them hard. Mm. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> Grind your team. And then the other thing... Grind them hard. The other mobile <laughs> game I played on the Switch was Fallout Shelter, because that came out on Switch. Yeah, so... And on the plus, so side, of, on the plus side of that <laughs> game, it actually has... Because obviously it wasn't just even designed for mobiles when it first came out, it actually has a decent controller control method. Oh, does it? Rather than Pokemon Quest, which doesn't. So you can play it docked, no yes, problem. Yes, you can actually just play it with the regular controller, not with the touchscreen. Cool. <laughs> which is nice. I suppose that's because they they probably because they, they did the PS4 version yeah. not that long ago, so they could. Well, they did. I think when it first came out, it was on one of the consoles. No, oh, was it at launch? I think, uh, or I, very soon after the. Yeah, I, I, I thought the console version came. I didn't think it was soon. I thought it came a reasonable amount of time after, but like maybe half a year or something like that. I think it was fairly soon. Mm. But yeah, it actually has a consoleized interface. So you, it still, there are occasionally things where it's like, oh, that doesn't quite work as easily as I would like. Like when you say when you want to move one a dude from one room to another, it's like you move the cursor to the room, you hit A, and then you're selecting the people in the room, and then you select the person you want to move, and then you hold down A to actually pick them up, and then you okay. move the cursor to where you want them to go. It's like that's obviously you'd be doing that by just pushing and dragging on the touchscreen. Yeah. It's not quite as effective with the controller, but it at least works. Is it one of the things that could have solved by just having a second button to be like, pick up. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. They do use pretty much all of the buttons at some point, which is good, I guess. In fact, they do something which is actually fairly rare on the Switch. They use like all of the buttons on both of the regular buttons and on the C buttons, or the oh, buttons on the other side. Hmm. They use some of those. They, I guess they don't use all of them, but they do use some of them. It's like they actually found a reason to put, use those buttons. Hmm. <laughs> Mainly just to activate certain menu options, I guess, which you'd otherwise just be tapping on, presumably, on a touchscreen, because it's these big icons which just have a little button, in, button icon next to them now hmm. to tell you what button to push. But yeah, it's for that show. You just build a vault and have people in it. It's actually slightly more complicated than I thought it was, which is nice because it's got the whole send people on missions mechanic yeah, as well. It's actually it's... got kind of a, kind of an actual game of sort of almost. Is there like an end goal? Mm, it's sort of not really known at this point. Like you can see these missions, and they're missions that, that like chain into other missions. Like they have like one out of seven or whatever mm. for this mission chain. So it's like I don't know if there's if I don't know if one of these counts as sort of the overall story of Fallout Shelter or something like <laughs> the main story, or whether it will just be a series of quest chains that just give you some fancy reward at the end and that's that. Don't know if there's going to be some actual end. Presumably not, because you know you just want to play this forever at some point. 
and you know you can only build the vault so far you can only have so many people in it so there's at some point you'll max out everything you can do i guess probably won't actually have an end to a story or anything mm. but yeah you send people out you form teams and do missions and sometimes it's not extremely clear on what you want to have like stat wise because it uses the fallout stat system special and you know if you've played a fallout game some 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 of those you kind of know where it's like well strength is for melee and perception is for guns sure agility but except in this case it's not exactly that because agility is almost the most important stat because for some reason agility affects how fast you fire like it like affects how far basically it affects how fast your animation cycles oh, interesting <laughs> so, so people with higher agility get to fire more often does it mean they like punch more often as well yeah because like, it's just the attack animation yeah so it's just like agility becomes is, that sounds like a straight up to every like improve every aspect of yourself yeah so and i mean that one specifically does appear on the loading screen tips it specifically says agility increases how far how how much you attack mm. but it doesn't really tell you about any of the other special stats apart from obviously each of the individual rooms of the vault has a stat associated with it and if you have a higher stat it just makes them makes the person work better in that room right so that like the general use but it, agility seems to be the only one that really has that explicit this is better for this one specific reason then, but then there's another tooltip which just says each of the special stats has a different effect in the wasteland when you send your dwellers out of the vault. And it's like, yeah, but you've never told us what any of those effects are. Mm. They're just mysterious effects. <laughs> hmm. So even once they've been out on a mission, like, like do you, I assume you don't watch the missions. No. Well, the missions that you control, like the quests, you actually, it goes into like a side view of a building and you tell them to go into the different rooms and you tell them to target different enemies and trigger criticals and heal or whatever, that kind of thing. But when you send someone just out into the wasteland to explore, you basically get like a text log that tells you what they were doing, like very generic and repetitive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I, I saw a rad roach, I fucking killed it, and I got some XP, and that, that's kind of, you know. <laughs> if it was nice. in that kind of language, that'd be kind of, a, kind of better. Yeah. It's close, but not quite. <laughs> but, but like that text log, occasionally you like, you start to sense that maybe there is a stat effect. Like I've seen some of the text in that log where I've seen different outcomes. Like, there's one where it's like, I found a building that looks like it's got a bunch of supplies in, but it's also full of booby traps. And then one time it was like, this trap nearly killed me, so I had to leave. And then the other time it was like, oh, I avoided the traps and got the stuff. And it's like, okay, so that's mm. clearly based on one of the stats, but who knows which one? <laughs> or at least the role was influenced yeah. by a stat. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe if you played Fallout, you can start making guesses about which one of those special stats it would be. The trouble is, of course, that one of the stats is luck. <laughs> and oh, yeah. that oh, pretty much could be anything. Yeah, true. In a, in a, yeah, in a game like that, we're clearly doing dice rolls behind the scenes. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, it's a reasonable... It's a, like a reasonably complicated game. It, the main problem that I have with it is... I mean, in the same way Pokemon Quest has its, like, abrupt grind wall, this one doesn't so much have an abrupt grind wall. It's actually quite lenient about, like stuff happening while you're not playing the game, I guess. Mm. 
like timers just continue to tick down in general. Oh, cool! So like they're real, real time yeah, real time timers. But like the gap between the different time timers is like quite severe. Like when you're when you're in the game, the individual rooms that generate resources cycle on like a one to two minute cycle. Mm. But that's not really like important because the resources are only consumed while you're in the game. Mm. So really, the rooms counting down over a minute or whatever is just something that you're doing while you're there. Mm. <laughs> it's not really relevant in any way, apart from to make sure that you are producing enough resources compared to the size of everything you've built or whatever, the number of people versus your food supply. That's just to make sure that that's just a, like a check to make sure that that's correct. Mm. And then, like, from there you move up to, like, the hour-long timers, like, crafting weapons and travelling to quest locations. And those are, like... I mean, an hour is kind of too short for a kind of, like, mobile switch it off and go away for a while, I feel like. Like, it's... Ah, uh, yeah, it's, that's what that's that's what they want you to think at first. And then you'll be, like, addicted to... Oh, I've got to, an hour's up, I've got to come back. Well, sure, but that, that's why it's, like... That's why I think that's too short, where it's just like, it doesn't, it's like, it's not long enough to encourage you to spend the premium currency to skip it. I suppose, yeah. But it's not, it's not so, it's like not long enough to be not annoying. And you can't wait for an hour to pass in the game because you're still then having to manage all those other, like the minute timers going by. And actually being in the game is almost a disadvantage because like disasters can happen like raiders can attack your vault or whatever, and providing you're, you know, sufficiently buffered against that kind of thing, it's not a problem. It's just a thing you have to deal with. But if you don't want to deal with it, you just turn the game off and come back in an hour or whatever. And then, of course, it jumps up to, like, the much longer times where it's, like, six hours or 24 hours or whatever. And it's like, Mm -hmm. those are more like it, where it's just like, yeah, you can just leave the game alone for the rest of the day and then come back and finish it off in the evening or whatever. Those make more sense. So I think back to like when I first started mess- m- messing around with uh, mobile games properly, like on my iPad, mm. and one of the first things I mess- m- m- mucked around with was Tiny Tower. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that is almost entirely just clicking on things, waiting <laughs> for a real time timer. Yeah. Coming back into the game and then clicking on those same things again. Yeah. Um, with premium currency to speed things up. Um, but that was all that game was. There was no like actual game game <laughs> behind it. No, um, strangely addictive though. I played that for far too long. Um, but yeah, I just think about like because that had a similar ramp up. Like yeah, the early level stuff would be like finishing minutes, but then as you, it, if you wanted to actually build higher quality stuff or. Hold more stock, I think, was the trick for a lot of them, and yeah. then wait for that to all sell off. Uh, like the, the the replenishing timers would get like exponentially longer. Like so, it'd be like one minute. Oh, the next one's going to be two minutes. Yeah, next one's going to be ten minutes, and then you, so you're in that hour zone for quite some time, and then all of a sudden you get 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 a few that are like, oh, this is going to take twelve hours, and you're like, whoa, okay. This is, this is the paywall. This is where well, this kicks in. I don't in know if it is though. I feel like. The 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 like one hour area I feel like is the awkward area. Like if you're within, I guess most people in our position aren't going to be 
able to perhaps look at a mobile device to handle your stuff every hour. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think those are like kind of more awkward because it's the same. I, it's the same kind of problem that I would compare to like how it used to be in Eve training skills before they introduced the skill queue. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the early levels of skills where they're like twenty minutes or an hour and a half, it's like. But what if I want to go to bed? <laughs> yeah. Because then before the skill queue, that basically meant you weren't trading anything overnight, which was a waste of your time. Yeah, it's a waste of your subscription money. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like that same situation with these kind of hour-long timers in these kind of games. Once it gets to six or 12 hours, it's like, yeah, that's fine. I can just come back tomorrow or whatever. Mm. But that hour area is kind of awkward. Too long to stay in the game, not long enough to stay away from the game. <laughs> mm. Have you played uh, uh, Mentioning Eve? Have you gone back to that at all? Not um, really since it went free to play. Okay. I mean, I, I technically could at any time because even when my account's not active, I can still go back. <laughs> I mean, I was about to say, do you need to, uh, given that it's now gone free to play, how does that affect your position as a previously paying customer? Well, it doesn't really because when you're not paying, your account just becomes like a free to play account. Like it just restricts uh, what access you have to ships. I see. So you still have a you still have all your stuff. A, yeah, but you won't be able to fly so many things. Yeah, but I won't be able to use all my equipment or anything. Does it like handicap your skills? Like, do you keep all the skills? Yeah, you have? you still have them. You just can't use them. Oh, I see. So yeah, we'll like impose a temporary cap. Yeah, on, basically. On, oh, that's interesting. It's an interesting way of doing it. Does that mean me? Like, if I log into my Eva account, I can basically make a ship that's specifically for the free-to-play skill level mm. using all my all my stuff. I can okay. just assemble yeah. a ship out of all the lower-level components I've still got and just make a ship that works at that level. I suppose. If, yeah, maybe that's a way of like seeing like if they introduce new mechanics, could you like fly around in that for a bit? Yeah. Be like a low-risk experiment. Or, you know, I could log into one of my other accounts. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> that are naturally lower level. Mm. Since I still have, you know, free, technically. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Uh, I didn't really play any more Zelda. I did some more side quests, I guess. <laughs> still haven't got around to beating Ganon. Okay. Know, get around to that at some point. No master mode completion yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> really should do that, just to have that finished. Say that I did it. Are you going to do it? But those goddamn Master Sword t- quests are still taunting me with my inability to complete them and the fact that I just... That's hard enough in normal, yeah. mode, I think, let alone master quest mode. And it just, I like, I keep thinking about it, but then I just think this is, I'm, that's like more than an hour commitment. Oh, way more. Yeah, way more. It's just like you have to. Yeah, say, you have I'm to just... like dedicate a week to get through that. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> and considering I like, consider it's the classic situation of like I could start playing this and like oh, it'll probably take like a couple of hours. But then if I screw up and fail, I've wasted a couple of hours and made no goddamn progress. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> you look at it, though. You have to just keep doing it fresh every single day because you're probably not going to get through it. No, I know. And like the longer, the longer you don't do it, the more your skills are going to degrade yeah. and you're going to become worse at it. Yeah. That, that feeling is... I don't think there's any bigger feel or more powerful feeling that pushes me off a game <laughs> is that then I've you wasted have to redo time. all of that again. Yeah. yeah. If I've... There are, I don't, you know, it's weirdly the old sort of arcadey me doesn't seem to exist so much anymore. It's like I kind of dread the idea of like playing if I was to go back and play some retro games like pre-save era <laughs> and have a go at getting through them 
and you know getting quite far in and then dying her <laughs> ooh hiccup <laughs> okay let's start that with okay good sorry in- intelligent input there um yeah <laughs> getting to that point and then having to play the whole game again so like you know I'm I'm with you though I don't I don't like the sound of that because there's no there's no payoff for the amount of time I'd be trying to do the thing. Yeah. I don't mind a hard challenge. No. But a hard short challenge. <laughs> yes. Or something I can save at some point. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically this does... You do save every 15 levels. It's just that it's so fucking hard to even get to the 15th. And yeah. it still takes like two hours. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you've got switch standby... Yeah, but disposal. you don't want to you don't want to stop in the midst of that either. That's Break the same the problem. Yeah, you don't want to. I mean, I I ended up looking at a video on the on the internet on YouTube of like master mode no damage master sword trials. Yeah, and I was like, okay, what ridiculous tactics do they use? Maybe I could learn from this. But it was just like, well, a I still haven't actually tested this. But the first thing I noticed is like they have a like a might buff, and I'm. I don't remember, but isn't it meant to wipe your buffs when you go in there? Mm, I thought so. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I'm not. I don't know if it's a glitch or whether it doesn't wipe buffs, and mm. you could potentially. But they don't last long anyway, do they? Well, but the thing is, they also have like a thirty-minute wipe buff, which I think it is possible to get legitimately by, like you know, fairy blood right. moon critical hit combo or whatever. Right. <laughs> I think it is possible to make a buff like that legitimately. So you know, and then obviously because this is hardcore ridiculous run it like it takes well less than 30 minutes to get through the whole 15 oh, floors <laughs> okay so well, you... maybe you yeah maybe they do i think they do persist right if you eat it before you go in I yeah think they, they don't get wiped maybe the effect doesn't get wiped you lose everything obviously yeah you lose all your stuff i think that's okay but i mean are you really gonna spend less than half an hour getting through I mean, this, like, ridiculous speed run, technically, they had a half-hour buff and they only used, like, ten minutes of it. Oh, right, okay. So I was like, okay, well, maybe me with half an hour, I could get far, far enough, maybe. maybe. Or at least, like, some percentage of the way through it. But the thing is, like, the tactics they were using... Oh, and I guess there's another thing that I learnt that is... I don't know if it's a glitch or whether it is, like, just something I never really realised in all of the Flag of Zero I did. But when you, when you sneak up behind someone and do the backstab... They, like, do the weird thing where, like, they stand up and then ragdoll. Yeah. But if you, like, walk round in front of them while they're in the ragdoll state, when they jump up, they automatically turn round, so you can just backstab them again. Oh. <laughs> so you can just chain backstabs by walking behind them every time they turn round until they die. Oh. And I'm like, uh, how, is that, is that just a glitch that I've never noticed? Could I, is that, like, a, is that easy to do? What's mm. the window for it? Mm. <laughs> Could I use that tactic to my advantage? So I, I didn't actually try that yet, but, you know, that could be a very useful tactic to conserve weapon damage in, for a start. Incredibly, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> but, yeah, so I learned some things, but I haven't tried it again to implement any of them. And I saw, you know, what the fifth, last boss of that first 15 was, like the Hinox, and I'm like, oh, well, it's a Hinox. That's actually quite easy. That's actually quite okay, <laughs> yeah. Especially because that oh, that was another thing that showed in that video that I'd kind of not realised and should have been real obvious is that you just you just go stasis, shoot you in the eye, they fall over, you stab them, and then by the time they stood up, it's stasis time again. You stasis, right. then you shoot them in the eye, and then they fall over, and you just stunlock them. Success. That stasis thing feels like something I should have played way more with. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know when I, I I guess I felt like the 
the time the wind, way the wind, too short way too short for it to be useful yeah but maybe there are certain certain, certain cases where it can be useful i mm. did use it on a line like recently and it's like oh that's actually you can actually get a fairly decent number of hits on them before it unstatuses and because of the way they like the hits land after the stasis ends, so they like jiggle for a few seconds as well. So you will get it, a little bit of extra time. Will it knock them out of attacks? Like, so if you meant stasis them like in the middle of an attack run, I don't know if it would. It like, might get, do get some, because get of the way they in. basically do a hit animation. Because mm. obviously, with regular enemies, they just ragdoll from the stasis force, right? Yeah, <laughs> but not with Lionels. They just sort of jiggle in place. So maybe you can abruptly end an attack animation. Might be helpful against the crusher ones. Yeah, I wonder and if they've got what... unavoidable crusher attacks. Yeah, I wonder if it's like as I say, it could be used as a way of avoiding damage, getting a few hits, and then would you have enough time of escaping out of the way or something, and or yeah. just get behind them whilst you're doing the attacks? Yeah, because that was what I actually did with the with that line I did Tom was like I stasis them before it had seen me, so I ran up and stabbed it, and then something weird happened where it like. It got stuck in a state where it couldn't see me, but because I was standing right next to it, it kept trying to turn towards me. But because I was standing right next to it, it was like pushing me so it could never actually see me and it just kept trying to turn around <laughs> until it eventually gave up and just teleported away. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was weird, but helpful. <laughs> Killed like half of its health. <laughs> Not sure if that's a viable tactic for all rifles. <laughs> you can somehow find that exact spot where they can't turn around to see you, even though they've unstasis. That's funny. Something's poking at me really hard. <laughs> it's got to be here somewhere. Yeah. Very close by. With a sword. Step, 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 step. So that was Zelda. Um, there was the patch for Rocket League that fixed my Merc problem. Yay. Yay, my van's back. Success. All the stats. Uh, With all the stats. That. Way more stats than I thought. I thought it only had 3,000 wins. It actually has more like 5,000 wins. <laughs> So even better for me. Yeah, did lose all my hard work in irrelevant stats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> irrelevant stat dragging, the best kind of stat dragging. I was briefly considering because I got a car out of a crate using the decryptors from the summer event, Ooh. and I was briefly considering using that. Except it's a stat tracking car that tracks juggles, and I'm just like, well, that's complete. The one of the worst stats you could possibly track because whoever <laughs> has a juggle that's Actually, a juggle or intentional. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, I think I've. I think I have had a couple. You know, where you're doing that that thing where you're sort of not really a dribble per se, but like where you're. I've been doing my skanky like little jump. Yeah, and then it goes, it's just goes like over bumping it along. Oh, and then a little jump, and it gets over the next guy. Yeah, <laughs> occasional legitimate ones, but much mm. more likely that you're just going to get one by jamming the ball against the wall accidentally yep. at some point. <laughs> yep, that's how it mostly happens. Or the odd time where I've accidentally flipped at a ball while it's been next to a wall and it's gone dong, 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 dong. Yeah. Plenty of... And, like, I mean, there's very few worse stats to track, apart from maybe, like, turtle goals. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty rare. Because even getting one of those intentionally is, like... I mean, technically, I guess... Well, I don't know if... Because a lot of the upside-down aerial goals that people do don't necessarily count as turtle goals. No. What makes it a turtle goal? I think it's you're supposed to be on your back. Like, as if you're riding your shell, is the idea. And the, the 
real way to do it is like be on your roof and boost because the boost will affect you even while you're upside down. So you can mm. basically drive on your roof, except it's like really slidey, so it's impossible yeah. to aim. Mm. But you do occasionally get turtle goals just from being upside down in the motion of your flip while you hit a ball. Mm. So it's not very legitimate in terms of a stat. I know, you sometimes get reverse goals that way as well. Yeah. Because you? like, your butt will hit it like mid-flip. Yeah. So yeah, not exactly a helpful stat. But yeah, I was going to use that car, but it was tracking juggles and I was just like, I'd rather it track wins. <laughs> Wish this car wasn't stat tracking. Because <laughs> it's quite a cool car. Relatively speaking. It was nice to get out of a crate. Mm. Yeah, quite rare, those. those Or one of the rarer things you can get out of crates, anyway. Yeah. Not quite as rare as uh, cool goal explosions, but... No. Still want the grunt birthday pie. <laughs> Is that a thing? I mean, it's not kind called of. the grunt birthday pie, but it's the same noise. All right. It's the same... Yeah, there was that update that fixed the Merc, but, but that was just a, like a patch patch, not the next patch, which is kind of what I'm waiting for, where they're going to change the XP progression and also make it so that you get XP bonuses for not leaving a game. <laughs> which, Wait, if that yeah. helps at all, will be nice. Because the problem with playing Casual Rocket League is one goal goes in and half Everybody the team quits. Leaves, yeah. <laughs> Such a bummer. I mean, why are they really gaining from that? They're keeping their win percent high. I guess. Because <laughs> that's what everyone cares about. That's so weird. I mean, like, even the even when it's in a in a like a ranked match, at least they don't leave. But like, you'll see people. It's the same thing where you get people who vote to forfeit after like two goals have gone in, but there's still two and a half minutes to play. Yeah. So like, come well, on, you're, you're less than halfway through the match, guys. There's still room to make up. What they want to concede so that they can get to the next one. Yeah. yeah, they're just like this is totally unrecoverable. These teammates are clearly shit because they've just let these two goals in, so I just want to leave. And it's I, like, I, I hate that more when you're playing solo. And your team, and one of your teammates goes, "I'll vote forfeit." No, yeah, well, and it's like, "Well, I'm clearly not voting for it now." You, you son of a bitch. Well, I, I do that when two of my team vote forfeit. I'm just like, "No, screw you guys." <laughs> and the best thing about it is nowadays because they've changed how the vote forfeit system works. Once they've already voted for forfeit, they can't initiate another vote until oh, you do. Not. <laughs> Interesting. So basically, you have a veto at that point. You just be like, "I'm not going to vote forfeit now," and I'm also not going to vote forfeit for the rest of this game. So. <laughs> You either stay and be a bitch about it, or quit and take a take a temporary ban. <laughs> I like that power. Yes, and you know sometimes if they actually decide to continue playing, it's not actually that difficult to come back from two guards down. Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> to stop being whiny babies. Yeah, it can happen. It can happen. I don't think. I- We've never forfeited any game that we've played on ranked. Have we? <laughs> well, no, but that's also a matter of just like we just kind of just want the practice. Yeah, yeah. When it get when it goes bad, it's just like all right, we're going for the pride gold now, guys. <laughs> yes, just just see if we see if we can learn it. Even if this. the other team do start, like especially when the other team starts saying forfeit, please. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's automatically no. you're never going to forfeit. Yeah, hell no. You're, we're making you're spending all of these extra the minutes and all the extra time you're wasting by scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. I mean that's... I've seen that happen in games where people have stopped playing, where, like, people who don't forfeit and don't quit, but then they stop playing. I've just seen cases where, like, the team, the other team just keeps scoring, and it's just like, 
okay, we're like more than five goals ahead now. You really need to stop scoring because every time you score, it's just adding like an extra 20 seconds to this game yeah. <laughs> through the whole scoring sequence and the replay and uh, people not pushing A to skip the replay and all this stuff. We could be here a lot longer than we need to be. And I've also kind of seen what I suspect is people trying to use that to force the winning team to quit where they're just like I'm just going to stay in this game for the whole time period even though I'm the only one left on this team because everyone else quit and there's like five minutes left I'm just going to stay here just to try and annoy you guys I sometimes don't I sometimes admire it when like you come across someone who has been left on their own but they obviously don't want that quit quit penalty well, I mean, so at, at least when, you, when you're, like, the second or last person to quit, you don't get as much of a penalty. Sure. <laughs> they change that to make it so that after one person quits, you can quit with significantly less penalty. I don't know if it's no penalty or just significantly less. Mm. You still take the loss or whatever, of course. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you still get the, yeah, the, right, the odd everything. guy who's been left on his own by, by knobs. Yep. And he's just, like... So, so often, I don't know. You, at least when we're playing, like we start like cocking around a bit, and at least make it like. As long as you're like more than three goals ahead, yeah, then you yeah, just yeah. stop and just just to start making it fun do for whatever. everyone. Like I'll, I'll start going into reverse mode, where it's like I have to play the entire match driving in reverse. <laughs> it's pretty tricky as it turns out. Yes, it is a bit. No boost in reverse. And then I. Don't remember. I mean, there's been other things. I've played some more Surviving Mars, grinding through the last of those achievements. So we've got two more to go. Two more relatively easy ones. But I am pretty much done, which is nice. It's nice to have a <laughs> full completed game like Rob wishes he would have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just like I just want to. I, I play the games where it's hard to get over that. 50, I just want that fifty percent mark in most games. <laughs> like like fifty percent achievement rating. That'll do me. Yeah. And. Um, I even managed to end up going back to Factory because, you know, Satisfactory advertised me for Factories again. <laughs> Whereas, like, I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, I was playing Factory, wasn't I? Get like that. Get in there. And then, like, maybe maybe I can finish this Factory C Block run before Satisfactory comes out. Maybe. Mm -hmm. So probably not because C Block is an epically long <laughs> game type. Reclaimed C. <laughs> Yes, pump everything out of the sea. Make everything out of the sea. As the saying goes, an intergalactic spaceship made of seawater. Because <laughs> that's pretty much how you, that's all that game mode is. Building a dire spaceship just pumping shit out of the water. <laughs> so that's that. I think that's probably everything. Probably. Except Ooh. probably not. Because I've, I've been in one of those moods again with Steam where it's just like I don't know what the fuck I want to do I went oh no I did remember one more thing I very briefly went back into Rogue Legacy because they've been patching that oh really <laughs> like right recently during the Steam sale huh. they've uploaded a beta patch for, for Rogue Legacy okay <laughs> I was like okay what does it do it actually adds some more traits oh cool and it makes it so when you get to the new game plus and there's the like hard mode versions of the bosses which were fucking impossible yeah they've made it so now if you have money you can donate money at the boss door to like upgrade the character that fights that boss because it's a specific character so you can basically make those remix bosses slightly easier if you've got excess money to burn <laughs> on that huh. run interesting which is kind of nice because it means I might actually be able to get those achievements for beating those bosses at some point because I definitely couldn't with the original 
difficulty of those. No, I never even got close. <laughs> they just owned me immediately. Yeah. So I don't know if I'll play that some more, I guess maybe. Once the patch is not a beta, I suppose, because they're still, you know. So is it opt in? I guess it is. I mean, I don't remember when I opted in, but I think I am opted in. Because <laughs> mm. it started downloading it. I was like, okay. Weird. I think I think probably I'd opted in at some point where there was a patch that was like it was fixing an actual like a proper bug or something. Well, not really a proper bug, but like a system specific bug. One of those kind of because like um, FDL had one of those where like the beta patch was fixing a very specific system specific almost bug with like the whole game. Mm. Where like it didn't really even function and le- on certain systems unless you're in the beta patch, so that's why I'm eternally on the beta of, of FDL, even though it's way past actually being that now. It's probably just the same default branch. So yeah, tiny bit of rogue legacy. Don't know if I'll actually play a whole game of that again. Mm-hmm. And new game plus, and also get those bosses. <laughs> yeah, 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 I still have my original save file, my yeah, like yeah. level three hundred and sixty nine or whatever. <laughs> Jeez. Which was like new game plus nine or something. <laughs> Extra G's. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I finished a plus run. I, I can't remember if I did or not. Mm. I think I was like, I finished it and it was just like, hooray! But you didn't get to see the level three enemies. Oh, well, you probably got to see some of the level three enemies. Yeah. Or maybe not in the first run. Maybe you, you might only get level twos. I was quite happy with where I, where, where, where I dropped that game, I think. <laughs> As excellent as it was, I think like by that point it's like have, when you actually finish it, I think I was done with running the same areas and the same enemies, mm. even if the enemies do get a little tougher. Yeah, I think I was done. <laughs> That's not to say it's not an excellent game. No, it, it really is. Happy to have a game of the year, in fact. Yeah. What do you play, Dan? Do you play more Zelda? Uh, a little bit. Uh, but the main thing I played was um, um, I after that E3 demo, I downloaded The Last of Us, whatever. I never played that before. Right. Oh yeah, cool. <clears throat> so I've been playing a bit of that. It's uh, an amazing atmosphere and stuff. Mm. It looks a bit grimy compared to having just finished Uncharted Four. Uh, uh, are you playing? You must be playing, I'm playing remastered. remastered. Right. So as in... far as I, as far as I know, that's more just an upres of the and frame rate. As opposed to like actual quality, like asset quality. Oh yeah, is, yeah, it's yeah. an upres, yeah, and frame rate. So you actually get quite a few options. So I chose like sixty frames mode, but you can get like and. Well, I imagine it's probably got the what if you turn it's it got off sixty frames press, it probably go four K instead. Yeah, right? it's got ten eighty sixty, yeah. and then it's got four K like super sample thirty. Mm. Um, and you can change like you can toggle the high quality shadows. I think. Oh, interesting. Um, which is kind of interesting. They are good. Anyway, it's just graphics. But basically, you yeah. can't make it look like a PS4 game. Sure. But it's still... I, I mean, the animation stuff is still really top-notch. It's just that I just played on Tati 4, which is the same people doing it much later. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, not, not as good as that. But yeah, I'm liking the world so far. And, uh, and, uh, and obviously, it's got all that beautiful kind of overgrown, uh, post-apocalyptic kind of... Uh, you know, uh, I am legend type stuff mm. going on. That opening though, yeah, the opening was really good. Possibly the best opening in video games. Yeah, it was really dramatic, really, really good. 
Um, so that's cool. Enjoying this toy stuff so far. And the, and also, like, just the dialogue and everything in those games is, like, just not embarrassing. <laughs> you know, mm. it's, like a, 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 it's like a good... It's not just like a film. It's like a decent film or TV show, which is, which is really nice. Um, but, uh, and yeah, and as far as the gameplay goes, I like stealth anyway. So I'm quite, I'm quite liking it, but I'm not that into the scarcity stuff yet. Okay. I haven't quite gone. I, it kind of breaks me out of the suspension of disbelief when like a a shiv, which is basically a pointy stick (sighs) is like way more valuable than like bullets or anything like that. It seems to be the gold, the gold, because you 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 need them to stealth kill the 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 main bad the worst zombies not the worst but the oh, main ones sure. the clickers yeah. but you also need them to open locks yeah and then and, you, and they they're not they don't always survive no um and that, that's a somewhat it's a somewhat random resource as well because of that like they don't yeah. they don't always survive an encounter like you're not guaranteed to lose it is that right when you I think that's right when you shiver clicker it's yeah. Yeah, oh, sometimes, but they do often break, break away. Mm. They, it, it does seem a bit weird, the scarcity stuff. I've already, even in the first few encounters, been like, oh, okay, well, but I'm out of the thing I need. <laughs> mm. um, uh, even though I know I need to save this thing, I've used them in what I feel like legitimate ways, and I've still run out. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I, think yeah. I gave up on trying to shift clickers. Right. I think I ended up coming up with different, me- or like just arrowing them or something, like... Right, because I can't shoot straight. I can't shoot for shit, and it, so I'd rather stealth them or, mm. or anything because it feels like a stealth game. Mm. But then it's like, yes, it's stealth. But that's the thing about other stealth games is like, like uh, Metal Gear or whatever. Um, stealth is all awesome, but it also doesn't usually use any kind of resources to do a like a stealth takedown. Mm. It's usually a like, oh well. Um, not only can I, if I skillfully take out everyone in this base using the stealth takedowns. Then um, I haven't burnt my ammo. Exactly. I've, 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 this is a perfect run. Yeah, exactly. So it feels good. Whereas this is like, hang on, I need ammo to do this. Yeah, there's, uh, but, there's, there's always a trade-off in Last of Us. Yeah, always. But yeah, it's cool. But I'm I'm wondering if I'm, it's um if I can actually t- deal with that kind of depressing atmosphere and and tension long term because mm. it feels like it's going to be a long game of of that. It's yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there is much levity in it, and it's like, no. Well, I don't need no. levity. I just need a bit of variety, maybe. Oh, I mean, but... there's some stuff mid to late third game where things do get mixed up a little bit in terms mm. of setting. Yeah, and what goes on, and that stuff gets, and obviously the 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 late game story. I won't spoil it. Or oh anything, yeah, story but, yeah, stuff. Well, the, but... the, the late game story gets real interesting. Um, it's. I'm. I mean. Uh, anyway, I will keep playing it, but if if that doesn't work out, then I might have to just watch it on YouTube or something so that I'm ready for the next. I don't know to see if they switch. It well, up. I don't imagine the next one's going to be any uh, any lighter. <laughs> no, I just mean in terms of the story. I am into the story. I just need to get through the. Uh... So one of those games that lets you like uh, difficulty level on the fly. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. So, so I could turn so, it down. But, yeah. I'm just playing it on regular, but. That doesn't make it easy necessarily, but I quite like that. Like, if you get caught by the zombies or whatever, it's basically instant mm. death. I quite like that, because um, then it's like, yeah. It so re- retry the. Oh, in some of the more difficult encounters, that does actually become the most frustrating thing in the world. 
like actually. It's like, oh, something went bad. Oh, I've been eaten. Game. Right, Restart. now I've got to do this whole sequence again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, in fairness, the problem with most stealth games anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's not too slow to, like, restart. No, no, no. no. And it does also It's just sometimes save. the length of sequences yeah. is, it becomes the problem. That's the thing. So anyway, but it's cool. Um, I shall probably carry on with that. I, d- I really want to play God of War, though. I might just get hold of yeah. that and play that. That I'm, seems to like more. I'm quite... Yeah. That, that, that might be the thing that when a good um, bundle deal for that turns up, that might push me over the edge into finally getting a PlayStation. Yeah. It's like I, I, I really like the idea of God of War and where it's gone. Yeah. Like, couldn't care less about any of the previous ones, really, even though they're in that same vein as the game type we were talking earlier. You know, it's it's it should be a DMC-style game that I like. Never have. Oh, the old ones, but this is yeah. totally different. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is, which is why I'm back in. Yeah. It's like, I think if had they just made another God of War game like the previous ones, it would have been like, nope. I remember when they did the one for PS4 or something, like when they first did, was it one of the remakes or something like that? Or right. Maybe it was one of the later PS3 ones or something like that. And I just, just sort of, I remember when it first got shown and you could see like elephant minion brain in their, in their opening demo. Like, and I'm just immediately, I was just like, nope, don't want yeah. none of this. So yeah. It's just, yeah. But yeah, where they've gone. Something <clears> like this is all super interesting to me. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Cool. Uh, I think that's it then. Yeah, I was contemplating when you were talking when we mentioned the difficulty thing. It's like I kind of wish Devil May Cry had one of those. Well, I'm still annoyed about the difficulty in uh, personally. In it has put me off in uh, what's it into the breach. I still wish there was a midway, uh, something slightly easier than normal. Hmm. Um, and I mean, it's literally just the spawn rate. So if I could just adjust it slightly more fine grained. I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> the trouble is, there's like there is no fine grain. It's like it's the difference between four and six. Essentially, you've yeah, only got five. five. <laughs> oh, that'll do. <laughs> Give me five then. <laughs> you just want to try it to see, yeah, how you fare. Yeah, because normal is just too depressing for me. I'm not good enough to not have people constantly dying. And easy is too easy. Fairness, I don't know if well. Did I ever? I can't remember. Did I ever play FTL easy mode, or did I just always play normal? I think I always played normal because it was supposed to be the real game. Yeah, yeah. I, think I ever tried easy? I, think I tried easy like once, and that really was. It is too easy. easy. It's the same yeah. thing, really. Um, but FTL, I got good enough at normal, uh, yeah. but it was a bit more kind of jippy. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> because it's like, it was real timey. It's kind of like we said, it was like in FTL, you kind of had to know the builds. Yeah, and you had to. So that Aim was the, for the builds. So FTL was one of those games that very much fell in, eventually fell into that hole we were talking about earlier. Like the I've just done an hour long run, yes, and I'm got welcome. nowhere because there's no. But it is a roguelike, right? I, I know. I suppose I know, Into the Breach like, is too in a way, but I don't know. I can't accept it with Into the Breach for some reason. And don't get me wrong; it kept me hooked for quite a while, even with that. But there just came a point where it felt like bashing my head against a wall until Zach showed me some stuff. Mm-hmm. And even then, that opened a different door in that I find FTL way more interesting to play with someone else than right. I do on my own now. So I haven't returned to it since we did those Happy those Salad videos, videos yeah. because that was way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe I should just play uh, into the breach with you then, Zeg. So you can tell me what to do. <laughs> well, if I ever get round up loading any of all those damn videos, which I really should. Well, your early ones, you were you were dying because yeah. you didn't know what you're doing. But, but like, I'm the, literally, this third video, if it ever goes up, is the final mission, the first time with the rusty holes and where I right. did that, and then it trans. I, if I remember rightly, it transitions straight into the first run with the what's it, laser squad, right? What are they called? Steel beamers. Mm. And I'm pretty like that run I won as well. I think <laughs> not in that video, but in the second mm. couple of videos. I really need to get round to uploading those. Probably just probably well. should have done it while we had a video content lull. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah, there was a bit of a lull. I think I need to sorry guys come up with some kind of better method of running. I've said it before. My one problem with making these videos is not the video; it's the audio. <laughs> Mm. If I had a better mic that was mm. took less effort for me to go back through and edit the whole audio track, that would make this whole process much quicker. Well, when I eventually investigate improving our audio setup, you can have this one. <laughs> I'm not sure that's better than anything. This super dodgy ass mic yes. that barely works. But once it's working, sounds fine. Provided we sat nearer to it, like during normal recording, but you know. Although, really, in reality, the actual problem with my audio is me. It's less to do with the mic. <laughs> it's more to do with just me talking to myself in a room. And then that is weird. <laughs> I, I thought about like running some rough cuts of like State of Decay or something like that, just to like, I've got I've got an hour. No one's at home. I'll just record me bashing some zombies for a while. Why not? Yeah, content exactly. Um, it's what you always think. But then I never actually do it, because I'm just like, well, I'm not really going to be talking for most of this, am I? I'm just going to be like going through <laughs> the motions. The and... classic problem of, of commentating over videos by yourself is having to think of things to say continuously so there's not just a whole shit ton of nothing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, with intervention, it's like, well, I could be Yeah, over you're there. talking over okay. your whole process. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually what you want to do for that game, yeah. you kind of have to describe the exact thought process of yeah. the plan. You could, that was one of the weird things State of Decay does. Like, like it says, like in one of its tool tips at one point, it was like, "Oh, you're you're heading it, uh, you're heading out. Oh, make sure you've planned for what you're about to do." And I'm like, "I'm not planning anything. I've just put a waypoint down and I'm going." Well, I'm like, how so much do anything... you have to plan? It's just like I just need some guns, some ammo, some weapons, and then just walk into whatever zombies are there and kill them. Barely <laughs> even that. Some of the time, it's just like, "How empty is my inventory? Is it empty? Yes. Okay, go." <laughs> Yes. I, can, I can bring more Scavenge stuff what back. You need. Yeah, and that was also like with the video situation. That was kind of why I ended up doing the Factorio videos with the big sped up bit in the middle. Because it's like, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to talk continuously over me playing Factorio. Nope. <laughs> there's just long periods of me building things. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, the, what can I say? I'm just building a factory. Yeah, I'm well, starting but, to sing some sort of rendition of uh, various game soundtracks. Or <laughs> yes, exactly. So, probably you know, what mine devolves it into. It made more fairness. sense to have the sped up bit and then just like sum it up at the start and end. Here's what I'm going to do, here's how it went. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, people live stream their freaking coding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a whole thing. It's like, mm, okay, I'm going to do think... this and then this. And then there's a lot of them just going, uh. <laughs> 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 just, just All right, well, I'm a bit stuck. I need to think about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, actually, I, what I'm really doing is I'm just going to mute my mic while I spend the next four hours Google searching yeah. in a window you can't see. Yep. I mean, the truth about coding is like is like it's slightly embarrassing how a, like a very senior, experienced engineer who's been doing it for ten years spends most of the time staring at a red error message or like 
hello uh, like or like typing it wrong or all of that okay. uh, or, or googling this is uh, my day this, this is, is my every, day. This is every yeah. programmer's day so like it's just not it's just funny to watch how like it's the everyone has a plan but most of it is like why the fuck is that working it's scary i think i've been like, doing this for 12 oh. years and i still don't feel like i'm that much better than what i was a couple years in it's like what is that message yeah i've never seen that before why on earth are you complaining about oh my word mm. i don't know what i'm doing oh i've changed something and it seems to have fixed it i have no idea why <laughs> just don't touch it don't <laughs> yeah, touch yeah. it it's good <laughs> yeah ship it we need we need Git for Factorio, so that if you make a mistake, you can just uh, reset to well, that. Well, coincidentally, they've just in the last blog post about Factorio, they've been talking about uh, like revamping the Blueprint library, which is where you store blueprints that you can just stamp down. Right, where you store your function library. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah, and pe- pe- there's been a lot of discussion about how like basically people kind of want version control for the Blueprint Blueprint library because it's really easy to accidentally delete blueprints out of there. Because it's like it's basically one button push, and you just delete the whole thing. There's no way to recover it. Oh, is it? Like, is it like a delete all? Button? Well, not delete all, but like delete individual blueprints. Right. And there's no real like in order to get that back, you'd have to go to the actual place where that exists in the world and recreate the blueprint from the actual physical thing. So if it doesn't exist anywhere, you've just deleted the whole thing. It's like can we have some kind of version control. We like not have or a confirmation dialogue or something. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> Can you have like a hide from list that like you can recover it later or something? And also like the never delete the whole fact of like how the blueprint library exists like on a on a like user level, not a game level. Like each individual game has a as a game blueprint library, but then you can export them to like your global blueprint library yeah. that you can access in any game. So then you have a problem with like, I've got this blueprint from two different games, but they're two slightly different versions of it because I modified it. And then which one of those do I put back into the main library? Uh, that's, a, that's a legit like it's version just, control problem, whatever you're doing though. Yeah. Standard. So, you know, who knows what they're going to do with that? Doesn't The, the trouble was that the, the blog post about it didn't actually mention any of this stuff. It was all the forum posts that people talking about it where they came up. It's the classic developer blog post situation where like the developers laid out all their own plans and ideas and then the community was like, do you know how this game actually works? Because this is how we actually play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what, that's what happened with Eve quite a lot with their patch notes where it's just like, the developers changed things and it's like, when was the last time you pl- actually went into the game and played it? <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad idea. <laughs> That's why you need the... Or, or was the Council of Awesome in, in Eve? <laughs> yes, the uh, Player Council, whatever it was called. Yeah, just even named, didn't it? Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> it's mm. been a while. Yeah, okay, Since I saw the Player Council. Right. On that, forgetting what it was called, notes. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's very podcast. traditional for our podcast. <laughs> it's Stella Man- Council of Stellar Management or something. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, it's time to end, and there will be more videos after the lull of videos. Uh, At least up. one more. <laughs> We've got a bit of Revolt, but the community made uh, tracks coming up. Uh, so stay tuned on our YouTube channel for that, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks for another Saladcast. We shall grab you at a date away from now. That wasn't a very good one. Catch you later. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> a very good one. No. <laughs> this is not quite filthy enough, is it? What's another word for catch? Like...
kidnap you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kidnap you later, listeners. Bye. 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 Bye.